Hello everyone and welcome to episode 11 of Natural Expansion. Today it's all about BlizzCon as we are just a few days away from not just BlizzCon itself but of course the start of the WCS Global Finals for 2017. I'm of course Woody, with me is my trusty right hand man of Natural Expansion, Mart Philandro Seamring. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. As <laughs> always when we're talking about StarCraft Woody and especially... You... What, sorry? I'm sorry, I, I, I thought you were going to... Go on, especially what? Go on. Especially when we're going to go talk about BlizzCon, because the finale of StarCraft Two for 2017, right? That's what that's what Blizzard is making this out to be. That's what we're supposed to look forward to. That's what we're going to do in this show. So, Yeah, it's yes, going to be... I'm, I'm glad you're excited. I was going to say, uh, I rudely interrupted you to make a, a terrible meme. I was going to be like, I bet you were expecting me to introduce you as Martosis. <laughs> right? Never. But you didn't think of it? Oh, I was no, on my I did. mind. I did. You did? I did, yeah. Either um, way. Okay, but yeah, um, if you guys didn't know, this is actually Artosis Recarnate. Um, <laughs> Martosis, it's it's really just next level. But yeah, um, we're going to talk all about BlizzCon today. This is going to be kind of like a bit of a special edition. We're going to be going just a little bit longer than usual, I think. We're going to be going for like an hour-long episode of this uh, podcast. But also, just to give you guys a heads up, aiming to put out an episode perhaps sort of just after the round of 16 stage of the global finals kind of actually pre-blizzcon talking a bit more about the kind of final bracket and what we're thinking uh, going into that sort of any stories from the round of 16 as well um so look forward to that episode as well in the near future uh but for this episode what we're talking about is again all about blizzcon the global finals we're excited for it um, I've got written down here, we're going to talk about the intro stuff, and that's the sort of stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, that's definitely not one I was meant to read out. We're going to be talking a bit about the WCS circuit this year, in both, uh, well, the circuit and WCS career. We're going to be talking a few of the storylines, uh, which players have really kind of broken through. You know, obviously we're looking at, you know, Neeb winning three events, maybe not breaking through, but really being a big storyline. Those sort of things, just events we loved and all that sort of stuff. Just sort of a bit of a roundup of the year going into BlizzCon. And then we're going to be uh, talking a bit about some of the general BlizzCon stuff before we go and talk about the actual WCS Global Final Groups, which again start playing out on, I'm right in saying Friday, right? It's not tomorrow. Yeah, Friday. Right, so yeah, it sure. is going to be Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday for those Global Final Round of 16 Groups where we're going to see if the foreigners actually can stand up to the Koreans or not. So that's the lineup for today's episode again it's a lot to pack in so we are expecting to go just a little bit longer so uh so yeah looking uh looking forward to it uh so i mean honestly let's just uh let's just kick this off what are you thinking mark you want to kick it off or should we just delay a bit longer <laughs> well i don't know delay a bit longer for what i mean i say we just get right had, into it it's so funny guys we've been sat here for like two hours like trying to start this episode to be fair right when we first went on like you know we had a bit of a catch-up we you know we are friends we do talk to each other about stuff um we had a bit of a catch-up and then we started doing a bit of other work and then we were like okay let's actually start the podcast it took us like an hour or something. It like, just never started. <laughs> it just never started. We've, we've had all sorts of interruptions. We've had memes, dank memes, heroes of the storm. Don't ask, guys. It's been absolutely insane. But yeah, um, I think it is indeed definitely time to uh, get things a rolling here. So let's talk about the WCS circuit this year. I mean, what a year it was in terms of... I mean, let's start WCS circuit, right? We'll talk about circuit, then career. I sort of... I always get confused that the career isn't actually called like a circuit. It's like 
I don't know. I forget that the foreign one is actually just called the circuit, you know. But yeah, um, yeah the circuit kicked off. I mean, let, I mean, the big storyline of WCS circuit defense this year, Neeb. This guy just went. I mean, beyond huge. He won WCS Austin. He won WCS Yonkaping, and he won WCS Montreal. This guy. I mean, we knew he was good going into the year, but did we expect him to be this dominant, Mart? Yeah, so so that's actually kind of interesting, right? Because honestly, because a lot of people already kind of expected him to be one of the best Protoss players in Europe starting from this year. I think people, they had their eyes on him, right? I don't think anyone expected him to win so much, so much money, so many tournaments, like do so well consistently, because that's really hard in StarCraft, but, but that's another point. It's just the fact that he did achieve all that we all expect from the best players in the world, right? He just did it. I, I think that caught people off guard completely. I, and that's what, yeah. I, I think that's why people really have to commend him for that. The consistency. I think his... consistency is something we have to talk about because yeah. it really was something that was kind of like next level. We really have not this year had, or no, no, sorry, not this year, but we haven't had over many years someone who's been this consistent over the course of, I'd say, one year, you know? I mean, I'd, I'd go back to say someone like Tasia, but it, it feels as though even Tasia is hard to... You know, Tasia, over the course of his career, was highly dominant and super consistent as well. And I think this is, like, Neeb is sort of hitting that level of consistency because what's scary is he won, like, three of the four tournaments, or I guess, you know, because he could play in... Kind of it's a three of the five tournaments he could have won, like you know major tournaments this year. He's been dominant in challenger leagues and so on as well. If there was still more tournaments, like a lot of open tournaments, like you know when Tejo was winning, how much more consistent could he have been? I think the only thing that really puts Neeb kind of a step back from someone like Tejo is the fact that he's maybe not had even more chances to prove himself, arguably. But at the same time, I guess he did get knocked out of GSL without even qualifying. So there's those sort of kind of pits to look at as well, but yeah, absolutely crazy to win three WCS events. We talked about this in a previous um, a previous episode where it was like I, I I think we sort of talked about just how many WCS points he actually had going into the uh, going into like the finals or so. I'm just trying to, for some reason I've managed to lose myself the, the actual circuit WCS <laughs> info page, which is like the one thing I opened at the start, so I don't know how. But yeah, um, in terms of WCS points, Neeb just absolutely destroyed things this year. 10,350, and his closest competitor was a laser at 5,245. I mean, that is just a showing of dominance, right? That's it's insane. Like, <clears throat> and, and it's not really comparable to any other region, or well, to any Korean region, because they have had a lot of more points to work with. That's, I think that's what makes it so special, right? Because there's so few chances to prove yourself. A lot of pros talk about this. Um, there's so few chances to actually prove yourself and gain a significant amount of points, and he just grabbed them all. Like <laughs> he's like he's so far ahead of the competition in terms of in terms of points. It's insane. I mean, the fact that if you win a WCS circuit event, you're guaranteed an invite to the global uh, to yeah. global finals, right? And he won three of them. Now, obviously, get three the... lives. Sorry. You, you get free lives. Get free <laughs> you know what? I think they should actually take away like the um, the other qualifying spots. I think uh, like <laughs> so sorry, special, true. You know, sorry guys, but Neeb actually earned free slots in this year's event, so he's gonna have uh, free groups. Can you imagine? That'd be so sick. Two of your groups is like you, like one grouping is like somehow you managed to see yourself in there twice or something. 
That'd be so broken. <laughs> That'd be so weird. He had he would have to play so much too that weekend. <laughs> it's gonna be insane. That would actually be potentially the stupidest thing to ever happen in StarCraft 2. Yeah. That would be also stupid. the most exciting thing though. <clears throat> it would create some can you imagine the hype of ever you know what that would be though? Throughout the year, imagine the hype that would build up. It's like Neeb is literally creating more lives for himself in BlizzCon. It would be so yeah. <laughs> it'd be it would be stupid, but it's kind of a, a fun idea to think about. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say, man. This guy, this kid, you know, I love the guy as well. He's so he's so cool when you get to know him. He's a bit shy, but he's he's pretty funny. He's like Kind of, he's actually like kind of like edgy and stuff like when you know him and like when he's like comfortable talking I'm so happy to see him do well and obviously he showed us his potential last year winning Casper Cup and well I mean we're going to talk this about this a bit later on but is he the foreigner hope going into global finals do you think he's the one to actually take us through into you know maybe carry the foreigner flag through into the playoffs and into maybe even the finals do you think that's a possibility I mean it's the best shot, right? Like, definitely. Like, by how many how many thousands of points were we talking about earlier? Like, that's how much how how much of the best shot he is that Europe and and, and America have got against Korea in this uh, in this case, right? And then obviously we have the other foreigners that have. I don't want to take anything away from them. They all they all have proven themselves to be worthy against playing against Koreans. But yeah, as you said, he took the Casper Cup a while ago. And he has not fallen down from that yet. So I think he's very, very capable. He's been in Korea for a long time. I'm not sure if he's there right now. So but... he's not been in Korea for, I believe, he's not been in Korea for just a little while. I think since Montreal, he didn't actually... Okay. I want to say he didn't go back, and I'm pretty sure that's true because he had Kings of the North. And I feel we just would have sort of known about it. And when <clears throat> and when he was in Korea, he was staying in the base trade house. And I know recently the base trade house was pretty much pure Zerg because it was like Snoot... Namshaw, Eliza, Serral, and TLO. Um, Kelazer was in Korea, but I'm not sure who Kelazer stayed with, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't in the base trade house as well. So, uh, Same with Special. He's in Korea, but on the base trade house. So, Yeah, I don't think he's actually been back to Korea since he won uh, since he won Montreal, but maybe some time at home preparing is kind of just what he needs as well, you know? Yeah, and he has been in Korea for a very, very long time. He's right? been in Korea like, all year long. Yeah, so so and that's probably the almost the most out of any other foreign player. Like I mean, maybe with the exception of No Regret or Scarlet. Well, but... yeah, like Scarlet. Um, <clears throat> Kelazer was in Korea the majority of this year. I'd like to say, arguably as much as Neeb, maybe. I know. I mean, again, it's hard to it's hard to know exactly. Um, that was actually a pretty cool talking point, actually. Uh, that I didn't really think of kind of pre-show, but what do you think the impact has been on the circuit this year, the WCS? because of foreigners being able to go to Korea. I mean, obviously, we've got this awkward situation where foreigners mostly play against foreigners, mostly. So it's like, well, you know, you can't really judge, you know, how much Korea has helped them. But I would say, like, you look at the players in the, you know, in the circuit standings at the top, and Neeb went to Korea. Eliza went to Korea. Seven and Snoot didn't go to Korea before they did well. Nurtio didn't. Kelleza went to Korea. True has spent time in Korea. Special spent time in Korea this year. And those are all guys, you know, in the top eight of the circuit standings. There's more people this year in the circuit standings top eight who spent major, you know, a lot, a significant time in Korea versus not. And do you think that's something which is really amping them up? And do you think that's a, something which can also change the landscape going into the versus Koreans at, uh, you know, at BlizzCon? Because we saw Katowice 
the Europeans and, you know, Ni put up a decent fight against Koreans, but it still wasn't that crazy. Like, Serral did very well, but I'd say really got his side of the bracket, like, his dream matchups. Um, you know, he got a lot of ZVP, and he was, like, a ZVP god then, and obviously he's evolved into an absolute monster. But do you think, now that we've had this year where, you know, more time for these players to play in Korea, the base trade house has obviously helped a lot with those opportunities, do you think it could have a big impact going in towards the BlizzCon? Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think that could play in both in their favor and against. Because every player right now is super on edge. Every, every player right now is super, super, like, try hard. Everyone w just wants to play as many games as possible, right? Come up with the most, the best strategies. But it is still before the patch. But, like, every player is, is, is super... In Korea and in uh, um, the... the foreigners that are still in the top eight right they're all they're all playing super super hard so yes obviously it's going to give them an edge if they play in korea they play against the people that they're potentially going to face in a tournament right and they have been for the for quite a while and as you said it has been paying off for them so far at the same time we've heard koreans say oh i got caught off guard from those playstyles from that from the european server right We've heard that before, not necessarily from any of these pros, but in general, yeah. we, we hear that sometimes. So it can be both an edge and a disadvantage, I would say. What's that, what I think is really interesting about this year is I really think <clears throat> there's a there's been a much, especially in the later half of this year, there's been much less divergence in playstyles between Korea and non-Korea. Yeah. And I, and I actually kind of wonder if that's because the best non-Koreans... Are spending so much time in Korea and then bringing Korean-based playstyles into the foreign scene, whereas kind of is like that, yeah. you know, whereas before, for example, a lot of the foreign zergs and Korean zergs have had very different playstyles in terms of how to deal with this or that, and they play against kind of you know Terrans very differently, Protoss very differently. I, it's it's a very interesting, a very kind of in-depth con you know conversation. Maybe something we actually need to get like a couple of pros on the show to talk about at some point, because I really do feel. Out of the last few years of StarCraft 2, to think about the current state of the game, I really don't feel like I'm seeing any differences between Korea and foreigners. Like, you know, everyone's kind of playing Mech and TVZ for the most part, but still mixing in a bit of bio here and there. <laughs> everyone's playing Lingbane Hydra in ZVT and in ZVP. Um, you know, people have the same, Zergs have the same responses to Mech and ZVT. Um, ZVP is, or yeah, I guess Protoss versus Terran as well is very similar across the board. I really don't feel as like massive. Maybe since some of the mirror matches, perhaps there's a bit of a stylistic change. But I really feel like for the most part, we've got a very similar set of stylistic plays across the regions going into BlizzCon. I don't think that's something we've had last year. I think last year there was a much more kind of divergent sort of thing, and I think that helps some you know you know the foreigners maybe have an edge where maybe they sometimes don't obviously if you don't play against something as often it's more difficult to deal with and it's something which you know we saw kind of in i think one of the greatest examples of this was in Katowice this year kind of earlier this year where we saw several versus dark and you could just see two completely different types of region-based playstyle where the european zergs would always get like free infestors on the roach-based army and like get those early and let them build up energy. It's something that I think Snoot really popularized. But the Korean Zergs will always play much more aggressive, mass roach, just attack, attack, attack with not as much tech behind it, but then maybe going in towards like a secondary tech switch. I mean, you're a Zerg player yourself, Mar I mean, does that something mm -hmm. that sort of rings true? Do you think these, do you, do you think, do you, I mean, I'm just sort of blurting out my opinion here. Do you, is it something you sort of agree with or do you think I'm just talking nonsense? 
No, no, I, def- I definitely agree with you. I, I wouldn't even want to add much more to that, to be honest. Like, obviously, th- this can this can go both ways for both regions, right? There's not necessarily a positive or a negative for either region. It really depends on the players and how they react to that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think. I mean, I I don't think it's necessarily something which is. Um... I, I, I mean, it's something which I think is, uh, you know, if there were differences there, it can be beneficial to Korean players, it can be beneficial to foreign players as well. Like, if, you know, if, if, you, you know, if you're the foreign player doing something that the Koreans just don't quite, aren't quite used to, it's like, oh, well, maybe there's your edge. But at the same time, if the Korean players are doing something that the foreign players aren't used to, I mean, it exactly. works both ways, right? But I think when you kind of add those layers of uncertainty in, it kind of, it allows things to bounce around more so than being based off of pure skill and so on, you know, it... Again, like, I mean, I don't want to get into this discussion and say it's not skillful or whatever, but there's a lot of things that play in StarCraft 2, and, you know, if you suddenly have a lack of understanding against the style, it naturally puts you at a disadvantage, no matter how good your mechanics are, your decision-making is. Yeah, it, it puts you on the spot, because you have to, on the fly, adjust your strategy, but not too radically to where to a point where you're uncomfortable, right? If you are playing something completely uncomfortable, you've well, I don't want to say you've lost the game, but maybe at, at that high of a level, you might have already lost the game, right? You you want to be sort of prepared against something, and I don't think I don't think anyone is really gonna rock anyone's boots like really really bad in the tournament because again, as you say, Koreans have been playing against foreigners more and more because they are overseas and stuff like that. But we 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 might still have some of those little stylistic changes that can still shake someone up a little bit, but probably not really make, like, it's not going to make a complete playstyle inviolable or anything right? like that, right? That doesn't... Then again, BlizzCon is the place to do it if you were ever to reveal a bit like that, you know? So it, it, it really depends on, depends on if, if people are also cooking up builds, because pros are known to do that sometimes. I think BlizzCon is the time of the year when you see potentially new bits and pieces coming out that will possibly affect the meta for time to come if there wasn't a major balance patch around the corner. <laughs> but the other but the other thing is as well, I mean That's there's true. nothing there's nothing that you know, you don't hold back at BlizzCon. And sure you don't hold back in the GSL finals either. But you throw everything into BlizzCon, you know? And what I think is actually really crazy as well is that we've been seeing a lot of these BlizzCon players have been f- playing in online cups. Innovation's been playing a Limo League, TY's been playing like online events more recently. Like TY hasn't played these online hundred dollar events like all year long. And suddenly, like f- a month before BlizzCon, he's like, Oh, you know what? Let's go earn a couple hundred dollars in a Limo League and Wardy TV weeklies and base trade star leagues and I'm like is this really the best time to start, you know, grinding out some online cups? Like, you are, like, a month away from potentially earning 200 and however, I don't even know how much it is nowadays for the first place, like 280000 is it? $280,000 for first place. And all of yep. a sudden, you're playing in some $100 events? Like, like I can understand maybe that's something you want to start doing and a bit of extra money, but why start doing it, like, the week like the weeks before BlizzCon, it's so crazy. It could be part of a strategy, right? Throw your opponents off, thinking that that's all you're going to be able to do, or that's going to be your standard style of play while he plays something completely different. Obviously, I haven't followed all of his games, so I can't say that for sure. But, um, or he he doesn't think about it, and he just has some specific builds prepared for specific players at the event, and just he doesn't care if people know his standard style. It could be a level of confidence to that as well, right? So. But but as you say, it's probably if you want to be safe, it's probably best not to reveal your builds as much as possible. 
in a couple of weeks or months leading up to the event. That's what a lot of pros actually, less so nowadays because there are less events, but um, w when there are big events, a lot of pros will stop uh, streaming a little while before and actually prepare some builds mm -hmm. and not show them on stream, right? Um, I think so I think it's 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 just kind of yeah I don't know maybe it's just like looking for practice in a tournament setting like best of threes maybe like this is what's what's interesting as well right like tournaments are the best way to check out like you know how things play out in the best of three or something and so maybe test out a couple of things like not as actual builds but like some ideas like if I do something like this in game one. How does it work if I then do something like that in game two? Like, does my opponent pick up on that and react to that? Like, we can start getting very technical, yeah. like, analyzing it. But I just think it was something that was sort of interesting worth mentioning. I think what is worth mentioning is players like, you know, Snoot, Serral, Alaza have really kind of taken a step back from online events, and they're usually Nurture as well. They're usually the players playing in all the online events. So the foreigners really have taken it, you know, a step back, and all the Koreans just like, yeah, well, you know, not missing out on a Libra League, fam, you know? <laughs> Blizz caught or not. <laughs> but, yep. um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um,. Yeah, can, can, sorry, I got a bit uh, taken off guard there. This is this is a very free discussion, guys. Just want you guys to know that, like, I have like a rough plan of what to go through, but I really kind of like the idea of a free discussion, just sort of going where it takes us. I guess let's uh, pull it back a little bit and talk about some of the other players in the circuit standings and how they've done this year. Obviously, their names have been coming up in the conversations, but I think a laser definitely want to talk about. You know, he's just gone full time this year, more or less. Um, and he's been able to really perform, and I definitely think, you know, his time in Korea has become, you know, very good for him in terms of becoming an absolute monster. He went in GSL, he got ran at 32, and honestly, I mean, I think if he was in Korea a couple more weeks before his GSL group, his GSL group was like one of the first GSL groups. I actually think if his GSL group was like a week or two later, I actually think he wins and actually gets into round of 16 because he got knocked out by Gumiho. After he had to play Gumiho twice, I believe, and he beat Keen, and I and he was you know his games against Gumiho were pretty close, and I really think especially because ZVT is the match he struggles with, I think if he had a bit longer, like he could have done really well there, and he really has had such a great year. Like he wins Valencia top four at Montreal, I think it was a top four at Yonkaping as well. He didn't go to Austin because he was still in school, and so he didn't make the flight out because he didn't qualify for yeah. Challenger. And he finished in second place in the WCS circumstances by just skip while skipping an entire event. How crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, imagine if he had made it there, right? It just, just he, actually thinking about that, if he would have made it there, and if he would have kept his performance up from the rest of the year, looking at it, maybe Neeb wouldn't be so much further ahead of the rest of the pack, right? Maybe if he if, if Laser goes to like. I, I mean, it's it's tough to say. Like, if a lazy even Obviously, goes to Austin, I mean, the thing is, he wasn't as good during Austin either. Um, like at that sort of part part of the year as well, right? And even if sure. he gets top four, it's like a thousand points more. He's still four thousand points behind Neeb. Like, it's kind of insane when you think about just how many points true, Neeb yeah, has. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, I guess we say like Neeb's so far ahead on points. You got to remember, like, if you win first place, you're literally getting double the points of second. And only one other player can get second place, you know? And then you're talking about something like, you know, almost three or four times the points of third and fourth place. It's very easy if you win all the events to get so far ahead, so... 
Um, still yeah, crazy sure. to look at, man. I just like the numbers. It's like it sounds great. It's like he's five thousand points ahead. It's like his WCS points are over nine thousand. It's insane. <laughs> I, it, honestly, I would be surprised if you in the global finals. This is this is my prediction for global finals, right? I predict at some point one of the casters, Caster Neeb, will come out with the phrase "His WCS points are over nine thousand. You think so? You would have bet on that? <laughs> I I actually I genuinely think you know as a caster myself, if I'm yeah. looking for like if I'm doing my research and stuff, I think I look at WCS points as you know a talking point to like keep people interested in the start of a match, and I don't think you don't go for that. Like it's something Who, people. Who's will gonna love. pull it out? Who's gonna pull it out? That's that's hard to say. In control. I no, would say in control. May, maybe, but it's hard to know who's actually gonna cast the need matches, right? There's so many casters yeah, for yeah, first time. It's it's tough. I think like Nathanius could do it. One of the one of the more kind of I, I think like Nathanius or In Control are like the solid choices if uh, those guys cast Neve. I'd be disappointed yeah. if someone doesn't say it during the global finals. I mean you can say it for like innovation and stats as well, but they had could you know they had so many more chances to earn points throughout the year of GSL, SSL, Casper Cups. Well, it's it's just like stats is at like 13,000, which is fucking crazy. And But then yeah. you're like, well, innovation is 11,000, which is really good because Dark in third place is at 8,000. But it's like, you know, the eighth place of Korea is 5.6k. I mean, that's second place in your, in the circuit, so they're, they're kind of tough to compare. There's just, just straight way, up yeah, there's just way more points in circulation in that uh, uh, scene than there is in the circuit, right? So... That you have to you have to think about that when you uh, compare the two. Uh, so obviously, I don't think many people will make the mistake of comparing the two in terms of just just absolute numbers, right? In points, because there's just less points to go around in uh, in in the European and American scene. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like comparing the points is kind of silly because they're com- two completely different things, really. So, um, but yeah, what, what were we even talking about before this? We we're talking about a laser. I mean, what's I mean again? We're gonna go for the group specifically, but I mean, let's let's maybe tie this into the European Zergs because the European Zergs, like the the four Zerg monsters, Laser, Several, Snoot, and Nurtio. These guys have had insane years. Maybe Nurtio, you know, he's had he had what like a second place in Austin, which is great, but then he only hit Randivate since then, which is like really fucking good to be that consistent but it's like it maybe isn't you know because of you know in the latest stage of the year he wasn't as great whereas for example Serral has looked like a monster in the latest stage of the year Snoot has finished second place twice in a row a laser got top four and a win in the last two WCS events you know Nurture is like the yep. guy who hasn't been quite as impressive out of the four but do you think these four Zerg players you know are they Again, you know what is you know what do you think about these guys going into the global finals? Are these the guys to watch out for? Because I really feel like if we're gonna see someone do well at global finals outside of Neeb from the foreigner section, I think it's most likely to come from the Zerg players personally. You think so? You think Kelzer and Special are not as you, you shouldn't watch them as well? Obviously, you can watch everyone everyone in every match, but I mean, like, do you, do you think they have a better shot than Kelzer and, and Special? What so special in colors there? Yeah, because they're they're the, the foreign parents coming into. Persona, I think it's right? really tough for colors and special. Like, <clears throat> see, here's here's my jive with colors. Colors is a really good player, but I think what's rough for colors is he relies so much on very powerful macro play nowadays, and I think it's so difficult to contest the top Koreans 
with that play style. Like, sure. especially as a Terran player, like, Snoot does insane things with late game armies, and he's so good at late game. And I see Snoot play innovation late game, I have belief in him. But if I mm -hmm. watched Kelazer yeah, okay. versus, like, Dark late game, I just haven't seen Kelazer prove himself against Koreans in those situations well enough to feel like he'll be okay. And that worries me because a lot of his success this year has been off of pure, really good macro play. And I'm worried in case, you know, A, you know, two things. Either he tries that and he just can't quite pull it off against these insanely good players in, you know, the Korean scene. Or he tries to go back to the kind of killers that we knew last year a bit and get, you know, a bit cheeky, a few Reaper all ins or something like that. And, you know, that, you know, then, then that's not really what we've seen from him this year. And so is it really something he still has a strength with? Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a very difficult one to call. And I look at Special, and Special's had a great year too. He took down Neeb. He was the guy to eliminate Neeb from the event which he didn't win. But he only just about got into the WCS stands. I say only just. He was 8th place, but by a good margin. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, in Montreal especially, he dropped out early. And I feel as though, again, like, Special came in against Neeb, and he threw at him, like, a bunch of Cyclone attacks, which Neeb just struggled to deal with heavily. And because of that, he felt, you know, he, he won that series. And I think that's one of the big things this year. He's played very well. But can he transition that against the to that against the Koreans? I just don't know. For some yeah, reason, true. for me, I just feel as though I feel as though because Eliza, Cyril, and Nurture have shown us plays against Koreans before, they've shown us they can fight and really stand up. I just personally feel as though they are the guys that can stand up to the Koreans versus you know versus so, the Terran plays. I don't know. I just feel as though if you're following Terran going in, you're at natural disadvantage because goddamn, is it hard to make it work? So you're kind of going off of previous experience, like recent previous experience, then, a little bit, and also I guess for Kelzer, yeah, looking back into it. I mean Kelzer's no, had a Kelzer's had a great year, right? But if yeah. you look at it, like round of eight, uh, I think round of eight, round of four, round of eight, round of eight or so. I mean, it's really, really good. It's just he really went like balls to the wall in every series to make that happen like for example Yonkaping when he hit round of four right if I just grab mm -hmm. the Yonkaping bracket here in a moment and just kind of take you through this like Keller's uh, went okay this is not a good bracket this is not the bracket I thought it was because this was the event where Keller's went 3-0 against Semper and 3-0 U-Thermal and then got knocked out 0-3 by Neeb but like I look at that and like while that's great results you know U-Thermal was one of the terms to watch out for last year but <laughs> Again, maybe this is just a lot of personal bias, but for me, like, winning a TVT 3-0, yeah, sure, thumbs up, that's really awesome, but I don't see that as amazing as, like, you know, taking down a TVP or a TVZ 3-0, you know? Yeah, I definitely see There's it. a lot more mind games and stuff like that at play in, like, a matchup like that, and, you know, then you look at, like, the group stage, and Keller's, uh, you know, there he just about squeezed through Showtime. Um, I'm thinking, I was actually thinking of a different event when I wanted to really mention Keller's uh, here, uh, for example, you know, you look at... I mean, let's just talk about his career throughout the year. Austin, 3-2 Snoot in the playoffs, 2-3 Nurcio. You know, I jumped there uh, through, we did uh, Yonka Ping, so let's jump to Valencia. And in Valencia, he went 3-2 uh, Massa, 0-3 against Snoot. You know, and then we go to Montreal, the most recent one, where I think he had a very similar sort of situation. 3-2 Showtime, 1-3 Snoot. It's this real kind of every time Keller's uh, makes it far, he really, apart from the first example I came up with, he really had to grind his way out into that. Whereas we look at players like Snoot, etc., and I don't know, like 
you know, just the fact that it wins 3-1 against Kelezer here. I mean, I mean, this is the trouble, right? They're a lot more right? solid, right? It, yeah. he's, they're just like, you know, Kelezer can obviously show really good games, but boy, did he struggle to get his results. And, you know, sure, he worked hard, but that's what that's the difference. Like, for me... And I mean, I guess maybe that is, you know, there's a reason there's a difference there because, you know, obviously Snoot made some of his series look easy and that's why he went further. But Kelozer, again, every time he did well, he had to struggle to get there. And I just don't know if he can transition that struggle into success against the Korean players. Like, again, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. And obviously a lot of this is very opinionated, but I just, I would be, I really want Kelozer to do well. I really want Special to do well, but for me, for me, those Terran players versus the Zergs, I just think the Zergs have a better chance. And I also think the Zergs have a really good set of groups as well, which we'll be talking about soon. I think they have a good set of groups to do well, too. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. But, I mean, obviously we cannot count anyone out. And I don't, I don't think you're doing that, obviously. Um, all these players are preparing specifically for BlizzCon. So that's also something you have to consider. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, preparation is, is a whole other beast than uh, playing in an open bracket tournament, right? So these players now, they haven't had too too much time to, to prepare because the groups haven't been known for, like, years or anything, but they do know around, like, they, they've known who they're playing against roughly for a while, yeah. obviously, so they can prepare a little bit more specifically than they have been in the, in the open tournaments, especially uh, the circuit tournaments, which, which are just based on one weekend, right? Um, but... I definitely agree with you. In fact, that Kelezer obviously has not uh, uh, shown himself to be as solid of a rock as the Zerg players are in this bracket. And also, yeah, they do have good groups, which definitely helps. And also, that's just part of the game, right? A good group will definitely help you advance. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll case. talk about the groups in a little bit and sort of maybe come back to this topic a bit about how well we think the players are going to do. I think it's just been a great year for the Zergs. And maybe as well, when I just generalize them, I just think, like, man, these Zergs have been dominant. Whereas I think the Terran players, I think the Terrans have been consistently top 16, top 8. But I wouldn't say they've been dominant. And I think that is maybe the key difference that gives me... It's like Neeb, right? Neeb has undeniably been dominant this year in the circuit, right? Yeah. And he's... And so we have a lot of belief in him. And I think, you know, in the Laha, you know, the Zergs have been dominant too. And that's why we have a lot of belief in them. Versus, again, Keller Zerg and Special, who I just don't think have crossed that line of dominance as much as they've crossed that line of showing us very excellent play on a regular basis. I think that's just the difference thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Korea. Um, let's, let's just do this fairly quick. I, I don't want to spend maybe as much time because we're already like 40 minutes in roughly, I think. Uh, We're doing good, man. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think we'd fill it so easily. We could actually talk for hours. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Korean scene was an absolute chaotic mess this year in terms of who was going to get into BlizzCon lower down. And especially at the end. We're missing our world champion from last year, Bjorn. Maru didn't make it in. SOS got gutted at the shoppers. last moment oh, after man. a round of four and a set finals in GSL. But, I mean, that's the thing. You can't just hit, like, top four, top two in GSL and then not have results in other events. Just to put into comparison, SOS in other events this year outside of GSLs, just because this is how it's listed on Wikipedia, he has 450 WCS points. That's, like, 
actually like you know for example maru in 11th place has 1350 in other events then lowest in terms of other events in and the top eight of wcs korea is sue 1350 and i mean he got two gsl wins and that's obviously why he's up there after that it's like gumihu who won a gsl and then after that it's like four thousand points and so there's <laughs> the difference of why sos didn't yeah. make it in he did great in gsl but what god damn did he disappoint in Katowice, Shanghai. Did he, you know, where was he in SSL? Non-existent. You know? Not consistent enough. I, I mean, he did great in GSLs, don't get me wrong, but he just did not do anything in other events, and that's why he really missed out. You know, compared to Bjorn, who actually had a fantastic year outside of GSL, 2250 points is not amazing, but it's better than Sue, it's better than Gumiho. You know, it's shy of the others, but then he just didn't have the GSL performance to back it up as well. Uh, especially with a very early dropout in season one, I think round of thirty-two it was, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, what a year it was. I mean, we talked about the kind of the screws and ins, kind of at uh, other points. I think I just want to talk about personally the big two going into this. I think innovation and rogue have got to be my two favorites from the Korean side of things. Like you know, I go through the rest of the list. Stats is an incredible player. He's played out of his mind this year. Dark is always a danger. Sue is a two-time GSL runner-up this year alone. TY has just been consistent god mode Terran. Gummiho won a GSL, although that's saying that, his one GSL run was actually the one thing that's really carried him into these points. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, if he hadn't won GSL, he would be tied with points. If, say, he comes second place, he'd be tied in eighth place with Rogue. So winning that GSL really carried him through. And then Hero is the other player as well. They're all amazing players. But recently, Rogue has been insanely good. Super Tournament Champion. I actually think like Rogue and Hero, Shanghai and uh, Super Tournament uh, Finals because was both Rogue versus Hero. But Rogue has just been looking so good on his way to those finals time and time again. And then Innovation just won GSL. This guy, you know, he won GSL versus the world not so long ago. I mean, is there any stop in Innovation too? I don't know. These guys are so freaking good. And, you know, Innovation didn't get to the GSL Super Tournament Finals because Rogue knocked him out. And some insane games as well. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't really even know if I have anything to say. Like, all of these Korean players are amazing. Innovation and Rogue in the latter half of this year have really been the ones for me to watch out for. I just think all these guys are going to bring amazing games. So I don't know about you. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. I think for um, for for the earlier parts of 2017, it was definitely. I think I think the IAM Katowice. I remember it very vividly. That finals was crazy too, by the way. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was actually going to do just after this events we love this year, and Katowice is going to be one of mine. So uh... yeah, for sure. But like, so so stats and Ty, I think they represent the earlier stages of 2017s in terms of Korean dominance, right? Yeah, Hero stats Ty. Already. Hero was Super Tournament Finals earlier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So 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 for for the earlier parts of 2017, those are definitely the ones to look out for. Um, stats kind of maintain that for a while. Ty obviously did as well, but not as much. And then yeah, as you said, innovation and rogue are just insane. And rogue, uh, rogue had to step it up really hard at the end of the year, and he actually made it in eighth place, as as we've already discussed. But um, what actually it doesn't surprise me, but doesn't we don't really think about it. Dark is still in third place, you know? We don't really talk about Dark a lot in terms of the Korean standings. Um, He's just, he, it's just he one of those been. players who's there because we expect him to be there and 
You know, like yeah, exactly. He's just there. I mean, when isn't Dark in the top of the Korean standings? Like yeah, it is. It's but, weird because Dark's had such an unimpressive, like impressively unimpressive year. Like yeah, I exactly. say, I say unimpressive because he got top four of season three GSL, insane series against Innovation. Don't think anyone's gonna forget that anytime soon. Went to seven games. If he makes the finals there, I think we look at Dark as a much scarier player in terms of the overall kind of year, you know. But mm -hmm. He's just not had, like, a finals for us to look at and be like, oh, yeah, that's what Dark did this year. He was, what, like, top four at Katowice, knocked out by Stats, for example. He was top eight, I want to say, in Shanghai, knocked out by Rogue. In Gyeonggi, I believe he had a pretty decent time, but he just didn't quite make it through in the end. I mean, Gyeonggi was, like, way back. Yeah, top four in Gyeonggi. Um, the one time he did make, make top four was SSL Season 2, uh... But I have to say, out of all the events this year, I think SSL, and especially Season 2 even, was one of the events which just sort of got glossed over. People didn't pay as much attention to versus how much it meant. Mm -hmm, so I really sure. think, yeah. like, Dark is the play that kind of got a bit sort of... Uh, overlooked, right? Oh, overlooked, because, I mean, you actually look at the rest of the Korean players in that, uh, you know, in in this uh, top 8 of the WSS Korean stands, so... Let me put this into perspective. I mean, Rogue, let's work from our way up. Rogue won Shanghai and GSL Super Tournament. We think of him as a winner. Hero hit a uh, Shanghai Finals, a GSL Super Tournament Finals, and he won a GSL Super Tournament. Gumiho won a GSL. TY won Katowice. Su was a two-time GSL finalist. Dark was all of these third and fourth place finishes, but nothing more, apart from a second place SSL. Then you get Innovation was like a GSL, IEM, and Star League winner. And Stats was a GSL Star League, you know, two-time runner-up in IEM, third-place GSL. You know, you, you know, Dog just doesn't have the prestigious first or second places to make you look at him and be like, oh, yeah. Like, a second place in SSL was probably, again, one of the most unwatched tournaments out of the Korean scene. Shanghai had great viewership. GSL did, you know, even GSL Super Tournament. Did, but SSL was, like, three, 4,000 viewers, I think, even for the finals. Like, it was low. And so I think yep. that's why Dark is, is in third place, but may just be so heavily overlooked here. Yeah, and that's why it's kind of hard to know what to expect from... Well, okay, so because there's not been a lot of eyes on him from most people in the community, right? Or from the majority, I guess, compared to the other players, it's going to also be kind of hard to predict how well he does. And obviously, it's going to be completely unpredictable, but still, it's going to be even harder than the other players. We know Innovation's been on fire lately. We know Rogue's been on fire lately. We're dark, you know, like, we just haven't paid as much attention to him, even though he was in he, he was in the Global Finals uh, last year as well, right? Like, he was doing amazing last year as well. And actually, that's coming back to the consistency point. He's one of the most consistent players in this list as well. And we just don't really think about that. Dark's just in, yeah, Dark is in the dark, you know? He's in the shadows, like, <laughs> he's just taking the force, farming the points. Dark could farming... really make things happen, though, like... Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. We'll talk about him a bit more in the groups. Let's let's move on from Korea. I don't want to spend too much more time because this is starting to get long. Um, I mean, a couple of cool things that happened this year as we are talking all about BlizzCon. Um, just to kind of well, I I said we we're gonna do events we love, but I think I already said it. Like Katowice. Uh, I mean, did you did you have an event you loved this year more than Katowice? I really think Katowice was just like the fucking dog's bollocks of StarCraft two this year. Katowice was. 
absolutely awesome. And it was really awesome to see Nurture do well and his home turf as well. I, really, I, I just really think cool. Katowice had everything. They had this really good setup for the hosting, uh, for the group stages as well, where they would jump in between games. Like, they had a main game, and then they jumped into other games, yeah. etc. on the laptops. That was awesome. It was a great viewer experience. The games were insane. We had Foreign Hope. We had Hometown Hope. We had Insane Finals. I mean, the TVTs of that tournament, I think, are still some of the best TVTs we've ever seen in StarCraft 2. Um, it's just be... Katowice really had it all, and I actually really struggled to pinpoint another tournament this year that was as amazing as Katowice, I think. Because it yeah, just feels like sure. every series in Katowice was one that no one's going to forget. TY versus a live semifinals. Incredible. Stats dark semifinals. What the fuck was that Newkirk Precinct game? The <laughs> finals was insane. Seven games of absolute incredible StarCraft 2. You know, we go back to the round of eight, a live versus... It, it, everything was so good about Katowice. And when I wrote down events we love for kind of a topic point of this, I really was just going to say Katowice, but I just come back to the point, was there actually anything else <laughs> that even came close? I mean, GSL was really good, Season 3 especially, I think. In terms of being Katowice being the spectacle, I don't think anything... I, I think that's the thing, right? It's so hard to put GSL in like competition with a weekend event because it just... It just doesn't have the same sort of... GSL has a lot of hype, but it doesn't have the same spectacularness of a yeah. weekend event and storylines overall, I think. I think if one thing sticks out of my mind this year for Katowice, uh, of the of this year for StarCraft Two, it probably is Katowice. <laughs> sorry, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, it's just all over my mind. Also, very exciting. Katowice confirmed for 2018 March. I think second through fourth for the StarCraft Two should be absesolutely amazing once again. Awesome, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, the pierogi was pretty good too. <laughs> the pierogi was great. We had some really. <laughs> We actually had a good time, kind of. You were there for a while, right? I was there for like five days. I think you were there for like nine. Yeah, because I played in the open bracket. You played in the open bracket. Yeah, of course. I got completely wrecked at the start, but it was it was fun nonetheless. It was really professionally done compared to like really quick before, because we we, we want to move on, right? But it, it, compared to DreamHacks, for those of you that don't really travel to events or don't don't really have experience with that, IAM uh, events are so professional compared to DreamHacks. Because DreamHacks are like, obviously DreamHacks has a lot of production and professional stuff behind it, but it's open, right? Anyone can sign up. Anyone right, can I play think, it. yeah, I think that's the difference, isn't it? Because it's like, DreamHack yeah. has a setup to allow... It's a land the, feeling. It's set up for um, that sort of land bring your... Yeah. Not, you don't have to bring your own computer, but it's set up to be played like anyone can show up and play. And Absolutely. get knocked, you know, get knocked out, and that's it. Whereas IEM obviously has that open bracket feel, but because they ran it in the studio, it was a bit different. And then because the main event was separate from the open bracket, it was. I think the whole thing felt very different. I think in terms of yeah, one hundred percent, and it was, it was just a lot of fun. In the... Yeah, yeah, I think that was just definitely the highlight of Mayor as well. For for now, for now, for now, <laughs> for now, we got BlizzCon, man. All right, um. Other cool stuff this year, I think the main one is the war chest. Don't really want to spend too long on it, but obviously it's raised the BlizzCon prize pool. I mean, I was actually just looking at these BlizzCon prize pool uh, numbers. 280,000 first place. 140,000 second place. Third and fourth place take home 42,000. <laughs> Top eight is 21k. That's almost a WCS circuit victory if you make it out of groups. For showing up to groups is 14k. Just showing up. Just flying out to Los Angeles. Just getting on the plane that you're booked onto to go to LA gets you $14,000. <laughs> <000. laughs> 
Snoot earns more money from flying out to LA than he did from winning, uh, from, from he did from getting second place in a WCS circuit event this year. That's more than two top four finishes in WCS <laughs> circuit. Oh my God, dude. Isn't that just insane? What the fuck? This prize pool's mental. It was completely unexpected too from the start because the war well, war chest was announced around we fought, Valencia, right? We fought the war chest. No, we knew about the war chest from BlizzCon last year, but then oh, they yeah, announced yeah. it properly around Valencia. And you know, I think we all thought, ah, you know, as a real community effort, we might hit like 750k or whatever, like the goal. We were like, oh yeah, I think it'll really be something we'll build up to and probably just about hit. I think we reached it in like we less than a week. It. I think yeah. people loved it. So that was really cool to see, and uh, you don't again. I don't really want to dwell on it, um, but I think it's something that people want to see more of, and hopefully we will see more of. Absolutely. Um, cool. And I, I think uh, I didn't really want to mention anything too different. Actually, let's just talk about these groups, shall we? And uh, start to wrap this. I, 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 I don't know. I just think we should talk about these groups. I got so excited talking about the players. You know, originally when I planned this out, sort of roughly, I was like, yeah, this is a good time to maybe talk about general BlizzCon stuff and stuff. But I just want to talk about the players and the event we're about to see. So let's just let's just do this to wrap this uh, this episode eleven of Natural Expansion up. Um, I say wrap it up. It might take still a couple, you know, a little while still. But uh, let's go for this. Group A. Stats, Special, TY, and Snoot. The starting matchups there are Stats versus Special and TY versus Snoot. You know, I feel like this is a rough one for Special. TVP is pretty rough, is, is pretty difficult for him, I think. I think it's going to be really difficult. TVT against someone like TY is difficult. I think TVZ against Snoot is really difficult. I think these are all matchups. You know, from you know, from Special's point of view, where his opponent excels. I mean, obviously one of them has to be his best matchup as well, but I think his opponent ex opponents excel in each of these matchups as well. Uh, he has like very strong players in his group against Terrans, and I don't know what I don't know. Like we're talking, maybe this is why I'm not so hopeful for the Terrans as well, because I know what these groups <laughs> look like. I, I, you know what? I feel like if there's anyone in this group that Special beats, it's probably Stats. You think and it's Stats, not Snoot? I, I think it's stats. I think Snoot just is too good at late game TVZ, and I don't think Special plays aggressive TVZ to end it early. Yeah, but we've seen Special being maybe not recently at the same level as Snoot, but we see him like that mech playstyle for a very long time, even before sure, it was popular. Sure, sure. But you know, so, he did that, and you know, he did that in Valencia, and he got crushed three zero or something. It wasn't true. Yeah, that's that's fair. Like I, I think back to that and. Just Snoot's performance in TZVT lately, he played really well against Bjorn, Innovation in online events. He's and when he was in Korea as well, like no server disadvantage or anything. And I mm -hmm. think that's yeah. 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 I think we look. I I look at this and I think Snoot is the favorite foreigner in this group. I just I think Special can beat Stats with some very cool aggressive players. I think if he can get some liberators and play a very positional game up, I think he can do very well. I think it's going to be almost impossible because stats are so good too, but I think that's the one he wins. Like We saw him in GSL against TY, didn't go well. We've seen him against Snoot this year, didn't go well. This this is why I'm not hopeful for special, sadly. Alright, I mean, it's completely fair. I, I think uh, I definitely think special is the weakest link in the group, if you could say that, right? Mm -hmm. 
I do do think it's, I, I might I don't know if I'm as grim as you are, but I I do think I I, I really well, I don't want to be they don't want to call you grim, obviously. But like, I think <laughs> I think he's got a chance to get third place in the group, right? Put it this way: I think he could finish the group in third place, but I but don't think second. he beats two of these guys. I don't okay. think he gets out of the group. Okay, okay, okay. Sure, yeah, that's fair. I, do, do you think all other three can? Because I definitely do think. Like, I, I, I think I, I think Snoot has a very good chance against Ty, even though T, you know I just think that Snoot can play that out. Yeah. And I think Snoot has will have something planned for stats to the point where it's possible. You know, I obviously all of these guys have something planned, right? But I think Snoot is the player who can show up, perform, and I think this is a good group for him. Like. You know, there's no easy opponents, but I think ZVZ would have been bad for him. He's avoided his worst matchup. He gets his best matchup first. I think this is Snoot's best chance. Like, I think it only gets... You know, you look at the players as well, like, in terms of Terrans. If Snoot's looking for ZVT, well, goddamn, TY and Special are, like, the best <laughs> choices. Other than, yeah. like, Kalazur, but you're only going to get one of the foreigners. So you got Special, okay, there's one. And then the other Terran options were Innovation and Gumiho. It's like... Well, does Snoot prefer those guys? I don't I think, think he's so. rather happy. I, yeah. I think I don't think you'd rather play Snoot. Maybe Gumiho rather than Ty. I think they're sort of interchangeable. But I think you put Snoot against Hero, no thanks. Against Dark, no thanks. Against Rogue, against Sue, no thanks. I think this is Snoot's group. If he's going to get out of a group, I think this is the one he wants. He he would have it in. Well, you heard it, Jens. Better you heard make it, it happen. Jens. Well, you said it, man. <laughs> don't disappoint stop inviting you to these tournaments <laughs> but yeah um, that's that's my call for group A like I, I think the splice boys stats and TY are the, obviously the guys we still expect to make it but I think Snoot has a decent shot at making this upset absolutely I, I, I do agree I uh, I mean I, I've got not much more to add we just discussed it but yeah for sure Snoot can make it happen and then special, obviously, you know, upsets do happen, uh, and especially big, big events like this. But uh, yeah, for sure, Snoot, Snoot second place probably, I would say. So let's just do predictions, right? So I th okay, so I think obviously most likely is I think stats first place, Ty second place. But I think mm, I actually don't. I, that could that could be interchangeable for me. But Snoot would be second place, and I guess Ty would fall down. Not sure. I, I okay, so I think if Snoop makes it, it's hard to say. This man. is I, I I honestly think if you put Ty versus Stats, I think Ty does fall down. Yes, I think if Snoop makes it, Ty drops. If yeah. uh, it, it's it's tough. I think it comes down if if one of the Koreans don't make it out. Obviously, I think it comes down to who wins the against the other there. But <laughs> um, yeah. but um. Yeah, okay, um, sure. I, I'm pretty much on board with what you said. Let's talk All group right. B. Sue versus Nurture, Rogue oh. versus Neeb. Uh, so this Zergry. is like... I think this is like, sorry, Nurture, you literally drew the fucking short end of the stick because you literally got the most Korean, non-Korean in your group. <laughs> um, like, you know, go, considering going in, you're like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to get at least one WCS circuit player. That should be good for me. And it's like, well, you know, mine's neep, great. Uh, I, I again, like, I look at nurture in this group sadly, kind of like I look at special. Like, I'm like, oh, I, I okay. So this is how I think I look at all these groups. I think I look at all these groups as one of the foreigners is like, fuck, man, I'm sorry, unlucky. Next time maybe, 
But if you look at the other four, and I think in each of those groups, I think has a lot of hope to get out. So Nurture, I'm just not going to waste too much time. Maybe he can upset Sue. But if he upsets Sue, he has to beat Rogue or Neve. And, you know, he, that's the thing. Like, you have to win against two of these guys. Sue, Rogue, Neep. No. How? How? It's, it just exactly, doesn't sound possible. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, let's talk Neep. Neep has only PvZ. I do not see how Neep doesn't make it out of this group. I really don't. Sue is good. Ro I, Ro the thing is, what's crazy is Rogue versus Neep is the first matchup. I think the winner of this goes out of the group in first place. Because Rogue is the best right now in Korea outside of innovation maybe. Neeb is the best in the circuit. Honestly, it's a shame that the seeding puts them against each other so early, but it's the way it is because Rogue only stepped up his game so late in the year. You know, you put someone like I I don't know, like I can't call this matchup, but if Neeb loses, I think he beats up Nurture in the losers match and I think he beats Sue in the, the in the decider match as well. I think Absolutely, for me this yeah, group yeah. is a clear cut Rogue Neeb advance. Unless Sue somehow pulls something out. But I think I think if Sue gets out, it's because he beats Rogue in the winner's match. And I actually still think maybe Neeb can turn it around in a rematch against Rogue. I think Neeb's that good. Right, right. So you would put Rogue over Neeb. So I, him think, I think I don't I don't put Rogue over Neeb. I put the winner of Rogue Neeb to finish in first place. Yeah. If there is an upset on that, I think if I think if, if Neeb goes to the winner's match, he gets out in first no matter what. ZVZ is always tricky, but Rogue has shown his great ZVZ, so he's still my favorite. But yeah, obviously it changes up, right? But yeah, yeah for, yeah. for me, this is maybe one of the clearer cut groups. I really just have so much belief in Neeb. I really think he's. I really. The fact he only has to play PVZ is such a benefit to him. It's, he, it, this is the best group he could have drawn, I think, maybe. No, no, no. I think there's absolutely. I think for Neeb as well, he's been so good at PVZ this year. This is the best group. Like. Yeah, he's been playing sure. WCS Circuit, which is full of Zergs. Like, this is the group to get out. Like, this is what I mean. Like, I really feel like in each of these groups, as a foreigner who is like, "Hell yeah, baby, love it," you know. And, and this is definitely, I yeah, I love this. Group. <laughs> yeah, for sure, I would definitely agree with you there. Rogue Neeb, obviously. I, I, there's just I, I don't want to say two different calibers, but yeah, as you said, the winners, the, the winner from the winners match is 100% gonna well. Good chance it's gonna. Good chance it's gonna make it, and then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, right? But I, I think most people will still expect Rogue and Neeb to advance both of them. Sue could obviously pull something out of his head. I think Nurcho obviously can too, but less likely. So, um, Sue is the king of second places, so let's not underestimate him just yet. But uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's I, I mean, I, maybe I can't Sue out too easily, but I, I don't know. I just think Neeb with this much PvZ practice and Rogue being so hot going in, I don't know. Again, ZVZ, yeah. I, I think between the three, okay, maybe I can see any of them getting out, but my choices, if I do pick, is Rogue Neeb. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. Awesome. Let's go to Group C then. Dark, Kalaza, Hero, and Elaza. Dark versus Kalaza and Hero versus Elaza. Sorry, Kalaza. <laughs> I mean, dude. First of all, you have to play against Dark, and it's like, I just talked about this, like, I don't see Kalaza's <laughs> TPZ style winning there. You know, then you play against either a laser who's just stepped the fuck up, or you play against Hero, who's just a fucking god in the last half of this year as well. What the fuck, man? Yep. Just unlucky rubber ducky. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, I hate to really count players like this out because I love Kaloza. I didn't say, you know, unlucky rubber ducky or whatever the fuck you just said. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I, I just really find it yeah, difficult absolutely. to to just summarize it quickly. I find it difficult to see Kaloza again out of this group. Same thing with Nurture, Same thing with Special. Um. I mean, there's gotta be, there's gotta be, in most groups there will be like, there's an, you know, obviously, underdog, yes, right? yes, exactly. And I think, you know, I don't want to dwell on it too long because we've used up a lot of time. So I'm just putting it bluntly. I think Kalazo is the one who is in the tough spot here. I just don't see it happening. Like, I don't know. We'll we'll see, but I just don't see it happening. Outside of that, for me, a laser hero. A laser's looked so good, but then online he's looked shaky the last couple of weeks. But I really think people are sort of saving things for BlizzCon. It feels like a laser. I think this is not again a bad group for a laser. He avoids the scary Terran players, which is like his dream. His ZVZ is very good. So I, I think I think he can do this, but I think if he wants to do this, he has to beat Dark at some point, and that might be the issue because if Dark beats Kalazur and he plays Hero, then if Dark beats Hero and Elaza has to play Hero again, I don't see that happening. But if mm -hmm. Elaza gets to play Dark in the Losers match, for example, I can see that happening. But ha oh, not in the Losers match, but like the decider. So like, Hero beats Elaza, Dark beats Kalazur, yeah, Hero advances, Elaza beats Kalazur, Elaza plays Dark. Like, I can see that there. So based on the way the group plays out, I think Hero versus Dark, winner's match, is the one to watch out for. I believe a laser can beat Hero. I do believe he can, but I think that's the least likely matchup he wins in this group. So, again, yeah, a, bit sure. rough, a bit rough for him because he might just not get the chance to play against Dark. And this is why I don't like dual elimination groups because there's a little bit of bracket. I know this is obviously all seated off of WCS points, but there's a bit of bracket luck involved. Like, you can miss the one player in your group who you have really good hopes against because of other results outside of your control, like, well, I say that, but, like, even if he wins against Hero, what if Kellos uh, wins against Dark, you know, like, yeah, okay, I mean, that's crazy, but, like, it, it, I don't know, like, if he doesn't get his chance against Dark, I think that'd be really unfortunate for him, because I think that's where he gets out of the group, but, I don't know, mm -hmm. what are you feeling? No, I, I, I do agree with you, I think, obviously, Kellos is the obvious underdog in this group, I do think, I, I, I don't know, overall, I would say, Dark, obviously going by WCS points as well, or uh, yeah, standing by the standings in general, I would say Dark is obviously the favorite in the group to, to, to just win it. Um, but yeah, as you say, we're looking at the matches, right? And I, it, it, let's say Dark wins over Kelazur, which is, I think, the most the most confident call we can make in the entire group. Um, and then he's in a winner's match, and he, I mean, he's only one, one uh, match away. I think he can definitely beat Hero. Uh, not set in stone or anything, but I do do think he can definitely beat Hero. And then the laser Hero and Dark, they can all kind of beat each other, I guess, right? So, I I, I do think... <laughs> I, I, again, still, Hero and Dark are still uh, the favorites to win the group. I think Dark could win outright, and then Hero second place, but Hero or Laser. I don't know. I, both those could ma definitely make it out. I think... Uh, yeah, this, this, this is a tough group, because... What's really thrown me is a laser's performance in the last two or three weeks, and I just think he's just trying not to show fingers. And obviously, that's a big assumption, but that is like you know against Hero in Ting, he lost o three in like the most shitty games ever. Like it just wasn't even like yeah. yeah but I, I I still I think, think we that's can't the... read that too much, bro. That's that's what I'm saying exactly. Yeah. So let's 
let's move on because I think we've said what we wanted to say, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. True versus Innovation is the start oh, of Group this D. Group, this and group. Kumiho versus Serral. Jesus, True, bro, it's so unlucky that you <laughs> literally just have Innovation first. Because you know what I think's crazy? I think Serral beats Gumiho. Um, he looked so good against Gumiho in the Team Liquid Map Test tournament. Not even because of like, and they played like a best of seven as well. He looked dominant against Gumiho. I know Gumiho loves mech, but Serral is not someone who is scared of playing long games, and he beat Gumiho's mech in that tournament as well. And that was again online, and you know it was about a month ago, sure, and things have changed, but. I put Serral over Gumiho, and I think if Gumiho plays True, I think True just doesn't have a chance in the ZVTs. Uh, I think if True has a chance, this is the, I just, the thing, this is the thing. Like with this group, I think True does not have a chance to get out because at some point he has to be a you know a Terran player. So even if he, I think True can beat Serral, and I think that might be Serral's weakness in this group if he actually loses against Gumiho initially, then he plays True. I think that's the scariest match for him. Because if he, you know, I think that's where he gets knocked out. But at some point, even if True beats Serral, he has to beat one of these Terrans. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, you're right. I don't think that's how... I think I think just the gap is too high. A True doesn't play that much in Korea, either does he? I mean, he's well, definitely he's not been in, in Korea. He's in Korea now. Oh, he is right now? How long has he uh, been I, I really think he must have been since Montreal. I think he would have gone back home to practice hmm, okay. for BlizzCon. I think, okay, that's, okay. I think that's generally what he did last that, year as well, I'd like to say. That might help I think, a little bit. I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure I've seen him on the Korean server in custom games. And when he stays in NA, he stays East Coast. I'm pretty sure he's in Korea. Okay, so, so I mean, that might help things a little bit then, right? It's uh, just, it's innovation in Grimmie. Yeah, it's and innovation. True's, it's just... True's style is crazy. But the problem is right now, True's style relies a lot on, like, run buys and stuff. Terran versus Zerg is, like... You know, it doesn't allow True to play as mass Ling styles because they play Mech, right? Yeah. And I just think, like, True just hits a brick wall against Mech, and I'd love for him to prove me wrong at this event, but I think if the Terran players just play Mech against True, I just don't know how True beats that because that isn't True's strength. True's strength is being innovative all over the map, and he doesn't have that against Mech. He just can't do that. So, yeah. I, I just Unless think he that's finds a way, right? Maybe, maybe he'll surprise maybe. us. I mean, that's the thing. Any of these players could surprise us all the way through the groups. But again, like, my my feelings are like True loses to Eno. Maybe he can beat Serral if he gets in the losers match. I mean, maybe he can beat one of the Terran players once. I just don't see him doing it twice because I think whatever he comes up with gets figured out as soon as it happens once. I just don't see it happening twice. Yeah, it might come out with like a one hit wonder. Like like that kind of stuff, I think yeah for sure. I think I mean, he could win. Okay, let's if if I'm gonna be fair, if there's ever a player who could win a best of three that we really didn't expect him to win, it would probably be true. But yeah, that's the thing. Like again, like I think he's got good chances against Serral. So maybe True can get out of this group if he beats Innovation in the first match, and then Serral beats Gumiho, and then he plays Serral, which I don't think he 100% wins, but he definitely can win. You know, Serral is True's strongest chance at winning a series in this group. Which is so funny, because, like, Serral's weakest chance of winning a series... I think Serral has a really good chance of beating all three of these guys. Yeah, for sure. It's a weird group. It's I, like... I, but, but, but then again, 
like put Cyril in any other group, and do you think he has no chance of making it out? Like Cyril, is, you put is Cyril so in the lasers group, I think he's got a good chance against Hero and Dog. You put Cyril in Neeb's group, I think he's got a good chance against. Mm, maybe not against Rogue and Sue. Like his EVZ is the shakiest thing. If you sure. Put, yeah, yeah, I think if you put Cyril in Group B, he's a bit of trouble. If you well, put him not, in, yeah. If you put well, Cyril in TY and Stats group, I think he's got a decent shot as well. Like I think Cyril's got a good shot again. Oh, he's a really good player. I think Cyril's just got a really good... Obviously, Cyril has had the potential the entire year. Uh, I remember at Katowice, everyone was hyping up so hard. I mean, it helped because he did make it to the round of eight, right? Um, Cyril is is just... He's that player, and I don't want to say waiting to break out because he's obviously broken out. He is in here. He is super high ranked. He is. In, he, I think he, he recently broke the highest ranking on the European ladder, right? Didn't um, No, not just European ladder. He had... The highest MMR anyone's ever seen on any <laughs> ladder. 7,353, I want to say, off the yeah. top of my head. Like, yeah, you know, we're, 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 you know, we're getting to, you know, we're, usually we're like, hey, someone broke 7K, that's sick. At one point, Neeb was like 7.2 on Europe. We're like, fuck, what a god. So I was just like, yeah, I came back from Korea and turns out no one in Europe can play this game anymore. It's just like 7.35k. <laughs> like, can fuck, you guys man? start playing, please? No, yeah, like, like that's why Cyril is like, always so, you have to watch out for him. I, I think Cyril, if we're going to close these groups out, I think out of all the foreigners, outside of Neeb, because Neeb is obviously, he's, he's, he's ascended. I think Neeb is, Neeb is one of the players who can just take it all right, outright. Um, Cyril and Maybe a laser. I think those three, Neeb, Sour, or Laser, are the, the foreigners with the best shots here. If I, if I had to make it tough, Neeb, Laser, Sarol? Yeah. So what you're saying is you think the. Top... And then and Laser, Sarol so, is, is like. So what you're saying is you think the top three ranked players foreigners. in the circuit standings are the top three chances? Yes. That's a wild, that is... that's a wild prediction. That's really I know, out right? there. <laughs> I know, right? But, I, I mean, yeah. I agree. I really, honestly, this these groups have made me so happy because I look at, like, the GSL versus the world bracket, and that was like, hey, foreigners, fuck you. Here's all of your worst matchups. <laughs> like, like, literally, it was like everybody's worst possible matchup. It was like, it was like, it actually, for me, killed the hype of the tournament because I was like, well, literally, like, I, I, you know, I've, obviously, I think some of them can win and do okay, but, like, Literally, they shouldn't. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, right. like this is like the worst possible bracket they could have gotten. I really feel for like a laser, Cyril, Neeb, Snoot. You know, we say True's got a decentish chance as well. Maybe, maybe Nurture can whack something out. I think these are the best groups we have. We could have to see some foreign representation in the BlizzCon playoffs. Yep, for sure. And, I, that's I, what we and I mean, like, I mean, like, I think you could swap a couple players around. It gets a bit better. You know, for certain players, but I think these really are. You know, the fact that I can go in and say, maybe Snoot can advance. Neep has a very good chance. A laser's got a very good chance, and Cyril's got a very good chance. I think the fact we can say that is is just crazy. Like you put Neep in a group of like, for example, you know, put put Cyril in Neep's group and Neep in Cyril's group, right? I think uh -huh. like Cyril, like all of a sudden, that's a bad group, right? And then Neep, you know, it's a much worse group for Neep. Like, I think his PVT is much, not much weaker, but it is weaker than his PVZ. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, well, now we have fucking, you know, that, that, that completely changes things. Like, that would be, like, seriously, like, so different for these players. Like, it would change so much, I think. I yeah, think, I, I yeah, think I it, suddenly then we have, like, three maybes and one good chance. 
So I really think these groups are very, very good. And I think I think there's a very good chance we get a very strong foreign representation in the quarterfinals. Yes, I do definitely agree with you there. I, I, and, and that's what's really, really exciting, because we've not really seen, like, a big representation of foreigners past the round of 16, obviously, because last year it was similar to this year. But the round of 16 kind of, after the round of 16, it kind of dissolved a little bit, right? Um, but now, honestly, I'm I'm really excited. I think a lot of these players can make it really far, including the people that are not from Korea. <laughs> yeah, I think what's crazy is I can look at like six or seven, probably about six out of eight, the Koreans, and be like, holy shit, these guys just get out of groups without issue and like win the tournament. <laughs> it's crazy, man. The level of StarCraft 2 at this event is going to be absolutely insane. Guys, the global finals kicks off in one day and 15 hours, which means fucking nothing because we're on a podcast. But that is at 9 a.m. West Coast uh, on October 27th, which is uh, roughly 5 p.m. For me, it's like 6 p.m. European, Central European time. Obviously, it's midday East Coast. If you've got any other time zones, just go on Liquipedia and figure it out. Um, but yes, it's very, very close. And, well, I mean, the stories are going to start and fill. And I don't think we actually knock anyone out until day three. I think it's, mm. uh, we start putting players into the round of, so day one and two is like initial matches and winners match, I believe. Yeah. And then I think day three is like losers match and decider match. So no one's knocked out until day three, but we will get a very good chance to see kind of how the groups are developing. So make sure you watch guys. It's the StarCraft 2 event of the year. It's fucking BlizzCon. There is 750, sorry, no, there isn't the $700,000 on the line. And, well, these guys are going to play their fucking hearts out. This is what the entire year has been about. We've got good chances of foreigners causing upsets. We've got Korean players who are going to be playing the best StarCraft you've ever seen. It's really nothing. to. It's really not worth missing. So, tune in. Guys, that was it for our All About BlizzCon episode of Natural Expansion. As we said, we might have an episode coming out post-group stage pre playoffs because me and Mart are going to be at BlizzCon in California, in Anaheim. Uh, we're going to try and do an episode I think like uh, I actually don't know when but like the day before, right? Like the you, day before, yeah. try and get it up like the night before the day of, something like that. Uh, hopefully it's up early enough for you guys to get a listen to before and uh, yeah, I mean we'll, we'll try. It'll be kind of maybe a cool episode we'll maybe grab someone else in as well and it's going to be done like in person, right? So it'll be a bit different. We'll see what happens. Um, if not, we can discuss some other bits and pieces. But yeah, look out for that episode. We'll hopefully have that going up. We're going to be doing a lot of other cool content at BlizzCon as well. Fingers crossed. So uh, look out for all of that too on the YouTube channel. And uh, Mart, thank you for joining me. You guys thank can you for follow me. You guys can follow him at Martosis on Twitter. <laughs> okay, not Shit, really. I need to change that now. <laughs> you, you guys can follow him at Philanderous on Twitter. Um, and obviously he's going to be doing some stuff as well with Mercer Woody TV. Um, sorry, I mean, you can do your own shoutouts as well if you'd like to. Um, no shoutouts. Well, actually, there's there's one shoutout. Thanks to you. Well, a couple shoutouts. Never mind. Thank you for having me on the show, Marty. Um, I, I will be actually doing a show post-BlizzCon. Uh, an, an entire review of the entire WCS system, including results, but also including everything around it with a couple people you might know. It's going to be after BlizzCon, after Home Story Cup, so look out for that in November. And uh, by the way, guys, if you have any predictions, write them down in the comments, because we like to read them, right? Is that not something we can do? 
Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, that was my shout out. <laughs> Your shout out is literally like, hey guys. <laughs> do, yeah, guys. I'm going to do Wally's shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we would love to hear them, guys. Get into the comments below. I don't actually. Uh, do I have a chance to broadcast this? I could maybe broadcast on this on Twitch tomorrow. Um, if you're on the Twitch chat right now, I want to hear your predictions too, but probably, you know, probably, probably too late for me to actually care. No, um, but obviously, thank you for watching. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Whether you're listening on the iTunes, the SoundCloud, the Twitch, the YouTubes, wherever in the world you are, we watch love BlizzCon. you everywhere. We love you everywhere, but we'd love you even more if you watch BlizzCon because it's going to be awesome. And I, I mean, if you if you listen to this podcast but don't actually watch BlizzCon, like I don't know where your priorities are. So what is wrong with you? Like, I mean, that'd be really fucking weird, wouldn't it? Someone's like, oh, you know, you know what would be really interesting? Listen to these two fucking idiots just talking about BlizzCon groups for like an hour and a half, rather than actually watching the event. So. People actually yeah. just snooze to this, like they, they put us up and then they go to sleep and they don't they don't even care about StarCraft at all. <laughs> they just get it's just like this is actually an ASMR podcast. <laughs> this is actually just the soothing tones of Wardy and Mod talking fuck all for like an hour and a bit. Yeah, that's uh, we should rename. We should actually just call the episode that episode eleven of Natural Expansion, the ASMR experience with Wardy <laughs> and Mod. Putting a lot more view. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, thank you so much tuned. Have a good one. Have a great rest of your days, nights, evenings, mornings, whatever it is for you. And enjoy BlizzCon. It really is gonna be fantastic. And if you are at the event, come say hi. See you guys there. Have a great weekend watching BlizzCon Global Finals. See you guys later. See ya.